Welcome to episode 221 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my publicly shamed co-hosts, Peter and Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come at you this week with the literal Windows installation edition of the podcast. That's right. Peter has a new piece of furniture in his apartment. Can you call Windows furniture? I just did. Wait, say it's more of a home accessory. <laughs> Wait, did you get new windows in your like place, or did you get like a yes. new Windows operating system? That, uh, <laughs> so it's uh, like, you'll never know. Sometimes that feels like a new piece of furniture. No, a developer uh, the, preview of Windows 11. <laughs> the several several panes of glass were installed over a nice. week of time in which my 40-foot solarium stretch on the fourth floor was open with no balcony and a tarp covering it. And you just contemplated. That must have been I wonderful did. for all the I thunderstorms that rolled through. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I also thought long and hard about the rain, which might have, which I was worried that would come down into my solarium, which, shall I remind everyone at home, for those of you keeping up on your lore, your Saturn Studs lore, uh, my solarium is covered... Despite being an outdoor space, in carpet. Yes, it's a very odd thing. Just this put is what happens down. when you try to uh, convert a old Catholic girls' school into an apartment complex. <laughs> you end up with some weird shit. And now the solarium smells like cock. Window cock. Window cock. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So. Also, the other kind of cock, but we don't talk <laughs> about be. that orgy. <laughs> who's, who's that guy on Friends? Who's like in the apartment across from theirs? I don't Kramer. Watch Friends. Is he just called <laughs> Naked Guy? That was the one thing I remembered from Friends was that there was like a running gag was that there was a a naked dude across the way from the the friend's apartment who would just he would just do stuff naked and they could all see him from the window. Well, that's that was, their fault for looking. Yeah, <laughs> that was the uh, that was the gag. That was the entirety of the joke. You uh, you don't touch the clown. You let the clown touch you. The clown touch <laughs> you. <laughs> you broke the cardinal rule. Where? Don't touch the clowns. <laughs> let the clowns touch you. And of course, as always, we're coming at you live from Sandy's Island in Bikini Bottom. Except it's uh, inhabited by two guys named Tom. What are they, what are they doing over there? Hey, Tom that's and Tom, not the okay. Lighthouse Brothers. Fucking gonna... masturbating to uh, limestone carvings of mermaids and chopping each other up with hatchets, apparently. <laughs> Casually digging Spoilers. an axe into his shoulder and just being like, No, I don't like this. You get the axe. <laughs> Welcome to... Uh, this, this we of course watched the lighthouse. It came out a while ago, and I was immediately in Tragwade. Um, we were all in Tragwade, but uh, I don't think this was quite the movie we expected it to be. This is the no, type of movie where is... you have to watch like ending explain videos for like at least thirty minutes afterwards to just be like, you do need to oh. watch it multiple times. I have several. Uh, interpretations of the movie that I could present 
if I were trying to like be a snobby avant-garde art critic. But uh, my general interpretation is uh, bring a book because you, you're going to need something to keep your mind occupied in between just rants of incoherent drivel. And if you really want to yeah. listen to them, put the subtitles on because, boy, what what is his name? They talk in, in 1800s hey. Nova Scotia whaling accents. Robert. Except Nick, for uh, Robert Pattinson. He has like a Kennedy accent for some reason. Well, yeah, he that, sounds that was like jarring. Sure. This takes place well, in Rhode I mean, Island. I guess... Yeah, it's supposedly set in New England. Yeah. Um, but his like mm-hmm. accent does. I didn't change think they sometimes. had that accent at that time. It was filmed in Nova Scotia. Okay. I I read the plot summary on Wikipedia to try to divine uh-huh. anything from this movie. I watched two ending explained <laughs> videos. One went super in depth, and I'm I only want to scrape the surface because if anybody's interested, they can go look into it themselves. Because it deals a lot with, like, a unconscious and the collective unconscious of your mind and, like, yourself. And uh, uh, a lot of it is inspired by, uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of it, uh, the guy is. I, but he's some, I like, know I watched famous the, uh... psychologist. <clears throat> but Robert Eggers uh, t- takes a lot of inspiration from the guys, like, Carl Jewel or something like that. Young? Carl, Carl Young. 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 Yeah. Didn't really with the yeah. Carl Young, um he takes a lot of uh really deep lore and ideas from him, like almost to the T. I watched yeah. the Knowledge Hub video where he used where he compared uh, the lighthouse as the extension, uh the the movie to to extend the, the show The Adventures of Flapjack. That's amazing. Eggers. <laughs> or canonically, <laughs> the lighthouse is, comes after the events of uh, the Avengers of Flapjack. Oh my god! That, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, Eggers is quoted as saying, uh, "It's a movie where both Young and Freud would be fiercely eating their popcorn." Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking weird. weird. We'll have plenty to say about the lighthouse. <laughs> At the conclusion of this episode, so stick around for that. But first, we begin, as we always do, with our trailer roundup segment that we call Trey Watch. And boy, howdy, we might not have a lot of quantity, but we've got some quality on deck for you. Oh, yes. Um, Now, usually we'd browse online to see what happened during Comic-Con this week, because it is Comic-Con, but... Now Comic-Con is online, so I don't want to be online at the same time as Comic-Con. <laughs> I want to stay away. Even even ISP proximity is just too much for me at this point. The Necro Comic-Con. <laughs> there are a couple shows that I did see that I was like, yes, I will mention these on the podcast. But other than that, uh, I looked at their site, and it's straight out of 2006 yeah that is as, a as Kurt so eloquently put it when he when he first saw the several dozen buttons on the home page it is it is dense it's, it feels like a like a like a starship console but it just takes you to tumblr art pages <laughs> doesn't turn on Literally, the warp coils there's it, a button it, for art show on Tumblr. That's that's like saying like 
Circle Jerk and Nine Gag. I was told that Tumblr died when the porn left. <laughs> Why is it being brought back to relevance? <laughs> well, nobody goes on it, so they're just like, it's very real estate. So it's just like, time to move in. Time for Comic-Con. So I clicked on the link, and I've never been on Tumblr, really. I was never a Tumblr person. Well, okay. that's because you're a straight white man. Yeah. You're not welcome there. Uh, this is this is weird. I don't I don't like what I'm seeing. Uh, I, I'm Let me follow you. I will follow you into the into the, into the breach. All right, it's it's loading. It's got a loading screen. Furries. I've gotten That's to the good. furry part. That didn't take long. <laughs> oh, that is a That's skull. That's because my little ponies came first. <laughs> it pushed down the furries. Friendship is magic. <laughs> oh. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, this is interesting. This one, All this right. one, that's on, that's on the top. I, I gotta see this now. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. freaking out. Yeah, I saw show. that. That was bizarre, dude. I don't, what is that monster from? Is that tentacle green? I think it's just someone's someone's thing. Like you remember you remember those uh, VHS tapes of the Ronald McDonald gang when they were kids? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm 80 percent sure that was in one of those movies. Yeah. The one tooth. Wait, why is there a tab called Masquerade? I don't know what. Th- we're we're going on. Un- this is great radio, territory. by the way. <laughs> there is so there's a tab on the page called Masquerade, and I don't. Okay, it's just co- it's it's the cosplay section. Look, if you're at home, just call home it the cosplay this, section. And you're in front of a computer or a phone or something. Just fo- rewind like twenty seconds. Follow along with us at Comic Con. That there's a dash in there. Dot org, and then click on that little old Tumblr art show on here's, Tumblr. Here's here's this fucking gem. Oh, we got <laughs> painted on a fence. Some some vor fantasy of Catwoman <laughs> eating a small Batman. Or at oh, least I think that's oh, what's going on here. A lot of shit that I don't understand. The Michelle Pfeiffer uh, Catwoman, of course. I I think the the judge of this contest is Phil Foglio, of of um, MTG art fame. Let me find some good Phil Foglio works. There's a lot of uh, overlap oh, between Phil. MGT people and Tumblr. <laughs> that's, that's maybe why the game is trending in the direction it's trending. Thanks Here for we Noah go. Bradley. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, God. <laughs> Here, here's, a, here's the orcish librarian from Phil Foglio. Classic fantasy art right here. I honestly do enjoy his work, but you oh, can see okay. that's cool. It was it was of the nineties. Yeah. He, he was the one guy who's like, I'm gonna put silly art in magic. <laughs> and they're like, Can we not? And then okay. and then um, his wife did uh, fucking uh, Thunderstaff, which is one of my like one of the most metal arts. Uh, Thunderstaff I mean, it sounds metal as fuck. Yeah, both in uh, material. Yeah. And like, music. let me see if I can't find the old version. Here we go. The old Thunderstaff. That's what they called my penis in high school. So uh, we were supposed to be talking about trailers. We are. It's Comic Con. It's all our lead up to um, this very important New Mutants trailer. 
so we got yeah let's uh, we got we got a couple new mutants things uh one was a comic-con teaser and then the other was the is it is it like a first two minutes of the movie or it's maybe two minutes in the movie I, who knows i who think it's knows? supposed to it's it's titled first first two minutes so first I'm two minutes it could be the first two minutes released. the first two minutes it could be the first two minutes of the second act we don't know whatever it is it's a uh, uh we follow so the, i'll go to the two minutes first because that's what's first on movie clips <laughs> Uh, so we kind of follow the story and get a kind of introduction to one of the new characters. Uh, I, they may have mentioned her name, I don't know, but she's Native American. Her dad is as well. So they go into some of the lore, and there is some yeah. ravaging monster attacking this like uh, little area or home of like trailer parks, maybe on an Indian reservation. Um, and her dad tries to go help people as he gets his daughter to safety. And then he is brutally attacked and killed. Um, don't know what that is. Don't know what, what killed him. It could be her. Uh, because she like blacks out and wakes up in a hospital bed, chains, uh, handcuffed to a bed. And they have said that... Was it ever uh, real at all? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't real. Maybe it was a dream sequence. But they, they then tell people that, hey, you're here because you've all killed somebody. Normally you'd be in a jail. Uh, but... Now you're in a like a mental institute sort of thing, where like Casanova f- Frankenstein. Yeah, we're gonna face your like worst <laughs> nightmares apparently, and that's kind of where the uh, the teaser trailer What's brings this? us into, is we what meet is some class? of the other characters and some of their powers. Yeah, it's um, doesn't look engaging to me. I'll I'll say that much. Uh, I'm sure there is a segment of people who are uh, looking forward to this, but I can't say as though ripping off imagery from other works of horror and interjecting superheroes really does much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this last time, where it, it's difficult inherently to do horror with uh, super-powered protagonists because you don't have the same sense of helplessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It looks like they're going a little more psychological horror, which can work, I guess, but I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's difficult for me to really pinpoint who the audience for this is. But I can they tell also... you who the audience isn't, and that's oh. this guy right here. Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 uh, I... I... I think that also breaks the other tenet of horror, which is generally uh, hide your monsters because your monsters never look as good in broad daylight as they do in the shadows. Speaking of breaking that cardinal rule, yeah, the trailer for Sputnik, which looks like an interesting cross between uh, someone saw Chernobyl and was like, I have an idea. Let's take Chernobyl. Let's take Alien. Let's smash them up. Yeah. And uh, we got Sputnik. I wasn't expecting this. It's me, Wayland Yutani. Yeah, the Wayland Yutani Corporation. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's basically alien on Earth in um, Russia. In Russia. Bless. So bless they, comrade. It was a good. It was a Doc. good trailer. Um. 
right up until I and it's not necessarily the worst because you don't see it for too long. But like they should, they do the full monster reveal in the trailer, which I I don't think you should have done. You should have hit that. Leave it for the. I think the so the gimmick for this monster, at least, is that it lives inside the the cosmonaut and it comes out when he goes to sleep, and he doesn't know that he has an alien inside of him. Oh really? Okay. Yes, that is. I did not get the comes out when he goes to sleep, but I knew that he had the alien inside him. They were yeah. trying to extract it. They they even call the, it a parasite, uh, and they they bring in like a separate doctor, and they're like, "Hey, our our beloved fearless leader wants you to separate the parasite from the host. Do it or you die." Now, if you want the even slower, uh, more more. Uh, Lacking in in, in in excitement version of this, uh, go watch the classic '60s movie Andromeda Strain. Let me make sure I have that title we'll right. Read the book. Andromeda Strain. This also reminded me a lot of yes. that one like recent movie, Life. Is that what it was called? Something. Yes. Like yes. The prequel to Venom. Venom. Yeah. <laughs> prequel to Venom. Yeah. Um. um. So Andromeda Strain, for those of you who might be interested, it's a virus falls from space and is going to infect, it's going to go and infect the world or some something like that. And then uh, the movie is five doctors go down into a secret underground bunker and work on a cure. And it lasts some number of hours. They did a... Uh miniseries reboot in 2008 as well that was not as well received <laughs> yes uh it is andromeda strain is right there in the middle of the the um psych cycle intensive dull 70s uh sci-fi right up there with star trek one mm-hmm. michael Crichton. i remember y'all remember star trek one no where they spent a good half an hour, I think, what it felt like a half an hour, just going around the outside of the ship. Just, look, it's the ship. <laughs> look, look. Look at what we've done. It's the Enterprise. <laughs> We're going to get in at some point. Uh, it's the ship. I must give a shout out to Malcolm Roy for his comment on the movie clips trailer for Sputnik. Uh, aliens, but the Russian version. The alien only kills people by pushing them out a window. <laughs> uh, defenestration. The most classic of murders. Just put a little uh, polonium in their tea and they'll fall right out under <laughs> mysterious circumstances. Yeah, uh, this is weird, I, and it's also—I don't know—it probably is going to be like a, a big copy of Alien because it's a IFC film, and although made by the Russians or the Chinese, oh, IFC—they're all trying to steal our ideas. But who knows? I—I I, this isn't—I don't think this is a movie for me. <laughs> Speaking I, I of, uh, yeah, I'm probably not going to watch it. Films from um from. Notoriously rough studios. <laughs> Did we get to talk about it? <laughs> huh? Did we get to yes, talk about is. it? Yeah. Uh, from from Lionsgate, 
so you know it's good, comes Rogue. A movie about a lion. All right, guys. So this is my new favorite trailer we've ever covered on the show. I need you to take this journey with me. So imagine, if you will, a special ops group. Now, think about all the actors and actresses that you know. What would be your least likely person to cast in that role? You got it? Okay, you're correct. It's Megan Fox. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Gilbert Godfrey. (laughs) That's because Gilbert Godfrey is my go-to answer for fucking everything. (laughs) Oh, my God. I... Gilbert Godfrey would be a better pick than Meg- a more likely pick than Megan Fox for this. Now, could, how could you do we know that it's Go. a lion? <laughs> Breach! Breach! So, Breach. this is ostensibly a horror movie about a special oh. ops group that can't kill one single fucking lion that's attacking. And it has the greatest line, you know... The Air Force One trailer where Harrison Ford's like, get off my plane. And the the Ransom trailer where Mel Gibson's like, give me back my son. Those are two of the greatest lines in trailer history. Uh, This has an exchange that I think rivals and perhaps even tops that where Megan Fox asks the guy, how do you know it's a female lion? And the guy doesn't respond with the obvious because it doesn't have a mane, you fucking idiot. And says, because the females are the real killers. Uh, which is proven to be categorically false because there are several female soldiers in this group and none of them can hit the broad side of a fucking barn. It's one fucking lion. Yeah. <laughs> How do this you extend this out for 90 minutes? And the CG is terrible. Oh, but it's the, awful. They show you the, the best lion. Part of, yeah. Oh, the good. best part about it, though, is the CG isn't even the worst part of this trailer. <laughs> Oh, my God. I thought this was going to be a comedy. I honestly thought this was like, and there's no, it must be, right? It has to be a comedy. There's no way this movie was made with any amount of sincerity whatsoever. Because they have the scene where they're in the hallway and the guy's looking at the group and then they do the fucking, like, monster jumps off from the side and drags him away. But it's this fucking, like, Neil Breen in fucking Twisted Pair Pass or whatever, whichever one he discovered green screen, lion effect coming in. They do the most bogus, like, just cheapo like elements of like suspense where the guy has like a night vision camera and he fumbles with the batteries trying he's gonna have a thing where he like goes to look through it and he's like oh man batteries are dead but i'll take out my duracell double a and, and he opens his duffel bag and the lion jumps out of the duffel bag and he, to get he, him. he looks through it again and the lion jumps at him it's like oh oh dad did you did you oh. jump at our jump scare Okay. Was let's, Megan let's... hoping that this was gonna be her like her big her big one where she's like I get to be the lead in a movie this time? Megan Fox. I don't more know. Like Megan Lyon. That was a better joke than the than entire joke movie that I, we just yeah, watched yeah, the trailer it was for. Awful. So I just wanted to look up to see if there was anything like maybe uh, that had that lions going rogue was maybe a thing. Like, just maybe, like, that was a thing that, that happened before. And apparently it's only for, like, male lions. And it's, like, when they leave the pride, so, like, a female lion can't go rogue. It's, like, they can they can kill stuff. 
but like female lions usually don't. I would like, if okay. I could, to read the synopsis off of movie yes. quiz trailers. Uh, yes, Megan please. Fox, Transformers, stylized to be all caps. Uh, take tackles a thrilling new role as a battle-hardened mercenary in this explosive action saga. Saga. <laughs> Wait, there's gonna be more than one. I'm gonna I, do it with different. I can Rogue only two. hope. I can only hope. Rogue Two: The Lion's this Den. Is what, this was. I have a pitch for the second one, Rogue Two. If she returns to. Well, her, we gotta we gotta listen to the first one first. As oh, team leader <laughs> O'Hara, yeah, there's more. <laughs> she leads a lively squad of soldiers on a daring mission, rescue hostages from the their captors in remote Africa. But as the mission goes awry and the team is stranded, O'Hara's squad must first face a bloody, brutal encounter with a gang of rebels and the horde of ravenous, enraged lions they encounter. It's more than one. Oh, so it's a bunch of lions. Is it a horde? I only saw one. one. They only <laughs> talked about one. They were like, it's the rogue lion. Because it's like the Doom movie uh, where they had five extras and they had to spread that out over the entire population of Mars. Or I guarantee um, you they're gonna have one of this shit where it's like at the end of the movie or closer towards the end of the movie they have they kill the lion finally. And then they have the big reveal that there's actually like four or five lions <laughs> that have been hunting them. It's like And that's your cliffhanger? Fucking no. No, I think I think they they escape at the end of this movie. Okay, they, they rescue the governor's daughter, whatever the shit there is. And uh, Megan Fox is, is like, time to go on vacation. So she goes home to Orlando, Florida. Orlando? Where there's a... <laughs> or Oklahoma. Wherever one of the big cat states are. Where they have from Tiger... <laughs> Uh, oh, I see where you're going. Tiger, with this. Wouldn't she go down to Tampa? <laughs> or is it Tampa? Where that, Tampa? Where that bitch big Carol cat, Baskins yeah. lives? <laughs> so, the big cat rescue has a big has a, has a problem, and all the all the tigers get loose, and she's the only one that can stop them <laughs> by killing y'all them. Ever, that actually reminds me, Jake. Oh God, y'all ever heard of that movie Roar? No, I don't think the Katy Perry music song. video. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, the crazy big cat person video where they, they had about, they have like 40 lions, like this family, like IRL, there's like a family that has like 40 lions they keep on their reserve and they decided to make a movie, um, oh, about like, right. ooh, scary, yes, I remember that best lions. of the worst. I remember that best yes. of the worst. And they just let 40 lions loose on the property and elephants and just said, <laughs> yeah, they just like, they won't kill us. I, f with no logic behind it, they're like, we'll film this movie and use them as like event props and shit. But they totally won't kill us as like several actors get their actual limbs broken on screen. Uh, yeah, I think the family starred and like the wife had her leg broken by an elephant who was lifting her by the leg with yes. its trunk. And it's like, who the fuck? <laughs> thought this was a good idea like it's the best horror movie ever because you're legitimately unsure about the safety of the actors <laughs> it's a very it's very meta idea for horror post horror um 
Yeah. So so Rogue. What a what a movie. Um, I'm excited. Neither of you guys watch Spinster, right? No. Spinster. Okay, then we won't talk about it. It's Chelsea Peretti, uh, in a in a nonity. It's not. A, it's like lighthearted, but I wouldn't call it a comedy because there's nothing that I would consider a joke in there. Um, Other. Than- Let's pass. Let's just pass right over it. Alrighty. Let's just keep going on to Archer. Yeah, I won't make that joke. So Archer season eleven, um, a show I was not sure was still running. Uh, they're back to doing spy stuff again. So uh, mm-hmm. everyone who's been waiting we, for that finally gets it. We talked extensively behind the scenes about this, and uh, I pitched this that uh, after so many seasons of other stuff um which we've all talked that we stopped watching it serially like you know in order around the time of the first one where he was archer in dreamland yeah or whatever but um i feel like a lot of people felt that way about archer and the fox went to the director and was like hey you gotta like make another if you want to keep your contract you gotta make another actual season a show like he's got it's got a follow-up from from the last season and not not Archer on a pirate ship for 12 episodes. Yeah. Thank you kindly. Yeah, they, like, they All do? right. Because I've, I've heard that the um, the guy who directs this or the, the whoever's that, the brains behind this operation, um, <clears throat> I don't know his name, <laughs> but I do remember that he is, he's uh, not the kind of guy who likes to stick on one project for long periods of time. He's, he's always looking at new ideas and, I think he just got creatively a little uh, kind of down the doldrums with Archer around season ten, so he's like, "All right, let's go do a, let's do Archer in space. Let's do Archer in on a tiki island. Let's do Archer on a on a nineteen uh, twenties yeah, so game." Here are the uh, the spinoffs. There's Archer Vice, which was a Miami Vice uh, spinoff season. That was season five. I didn't really care for that too much. Uh, and then they did Archer in Dreamland, where they were all private dicks. And then uh, they did Archer Danger Island, which uh, mm-hmm. was... It was, think, think um, Casablanca kind of style, but it's uh, on a tiki island, and there's there's safari and mystery adventure. Yeah. And then they, the most recent one was Archer 1999, which was in space. I must have missed that because I, I had heard of uh, the Archer Casablanca stuff where they're on the, the island. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, I stopped watching in, in Dreamland. Uh, like Kirby did. <laughs> I remember that. Remember the animated series Kirby right back at you? <laughs> I do. I What a show. It was certainly a show. Well, I don't know if this is less than like some of the other seasons, but uh, Archer season ten only had nine episodes. Yeah, most of the more recent ones have only been like nine, uh, like max ten. What was the main one? Very uh, ten for very short. They used to be like I think I don't think they were ever really more than thirteen as a pop though. Season six was thirteen. That was I think where they left off. Mm-hmm. Well, Vice still I had feel like, 13. But Vice, I, I think, like, was 
still had stuff to do with the plot. It just they like changed jobs. Yeah, I mean, they tried to serialize Vice, but it was like such a dramatic tonal shift, and yeah. like it really wasn't that good a season. Yeah, it had yeah. potential, but they didn't really do anything interesting with the concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because rather than being about them like doing Miami Vice stuff, they did a whole plot where Carol was a country singer and. <laughs> <laughs> Outlaw country. Yeah. And fucking and they were Pam got cocaine. skinny from all the cocaine. Yeah, they were so Pam got <laughs> There were a couple episodes uh, that I watched. Yeah, my God. But yeah, I remember now, Peter and I were watched quite a few of those episodes together and we're like, yeah, this just isn't that great. <laughs> just not there. Uh, we should mention that this is coming out this week this trailer came out this week along with a lot of other trailers again because it is comic-con and i would be remiss if i didn't have a shout out to one of one of the shows i enjoy one of the cartoon shows i enjoyed which is getting a third season that's infinity train um choo choo oh i y'all remember i gave my review of that a while ago And the third season is out, and it's going to follow the apo- the, apo- the the apocalyptic apex cult as they try and figure out the mystery of a of a a girl who is, looks like a passenger, but something's weird about her. Speaking of mysteries, um, we once again will attempt to solve the mystery of where the fuck are these re-release totals in the box office score <laughs> and our box office and review roundup segment the follow-up uh so last week jake i don't know if you listened to the show um the box office report showed all these re-releases like i think the number one movie in america oh, was yeah. empire strikes back yep oh i see it yeah oh that's cool I like um, that. but this week once again they have mysteriously vanished <laughs> <laughs> yeah you go back a week you just click the week back tab it's like Boom, 22 box office, like, tabs. Star Wars, BP, IO. I'm trying to just save time. First two letters, inside out. The Goonies, that's really cool. I like that. The Gremlins, that's a nice, refreshing one. But, but yeah, no, now it's... <laughs> they're gone, I guess. They're I don't gone. know. I don't know how... I'm sure they're still in theaters. I don't know how Box Office Mojo collects its data. Um... It's probably just been shitting itself with the pandemic. <laughs> They're just like, I I don't care. There's whatever IFC's got out in theaters right now. There's two guys who just have some code written up to where it automatically goes over and they have to like edit it. If they want those bonus ones. So making a dramatic rise from sixth place last week to first this week is Relic, a movie we've discussed. That's the Alzheimer's horror movie. Alzheimer's Association related <laughs> movie. Um, down 16.1% from last week to just on about 164K and 133 theaters. Uh, Archive jumped 10 spots from 12th to 2nd in its uh, second week, despite losing nearly a quarter of its total gross, bringing in just under $39,000 in 18 theaters for a 
dominant this week per theater average of $2,155. And it also happens to be our spotlight film for this week. So Archive currently sits at a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. I think that's up from when I checked it this morning. I thought I think I remember it being a 6.0. So someone submitted reviews to bring that average up. <laughs> um, what's it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Let's just take a little peek at that. Um, archive Rotten Tomatoes currently has a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes off of only 22 reviews. <laughs> So we're going to look at some reviews ourselves. They're going to be IMDb user reviews. So how this segment works is that we read two each uh, with some leeway for like short blurby ones that are funny. Um, I read a couple positive reviews. Jake reads a couple negative reviews. And Peter plays the role of voice of reason, reading a few middling reviews. Rarely happens. (laughs) Um, So I'll I'll start off here with... um, a review from John LKH titled Sad Ending, comma, period. Uh, surprisingly, no punctuation after the period. Oh, good. Um, 9 out of 10, submitted July 14th, 2020. Grade 8 movies, but it flushes me with extreme griefs and sadness. Had to take half an hours. Uh, there's no space between and and hours. Uh, to recollect myself, I started to regret seeing it. Sad ending indeed. Comma, sigh, double ellipses. I doubt, I doubted my life after watching it. Comma, I really do. Double ellipses. The movie is good. Good is randomly capitalized. Comma, don't get me wrong. Comma, after 30, uh, that's supposed to be minutes, but spelled M I N. I-T-S, and there's no space between it and 30. Oh, minutes. <laughs> I like it. I'm, it's modern. It's poppy for the modern age. I'm still sitting and thinking, what the hell is going on? And it concludes with another double ellipses. One out of two people found this helpful. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Well, it do. Well, uh, th- this one's uh, a bit of a long one, so I'll try to read quickly through it. Uh, Truth Seeker for Life is not impressed. He's a truther. <laughs> He's a truth seeker, so this has to be the truth. The story starts it. out interesting, but fades. They try to encourage the idea that humans are just things you can... Oh, this is 1 out of 10, by the way, in case you didn't get that. They try to encourage the idea that humans are just things you can put on floppy disk, and so long as you have the floppy disk of, of so... And so you can retain them for as long as you like. These types of movies are highly concerning to me because there is a coldness, a lack of humility, and all the existential questions of mankind rest in a computer, which is a dull and boring to say the least. The acting was meh. Ellipses. This dude has to hold the whole movie and he couldn't do it. For two reasons. He isn't that good, and he doesn't fit the role of a nerdy scientist. Hollywood always wants to make things so unrealistic. I mean, even in some of the Egyptian movies, which we all know were either brown or black, cast white dudes. I am white. <laughs> Parentheses, I am white. <laughs> Thanks. <Okay. laughs> and lather tanning lotion all over them, which is just so unrealistic. 
Uh, these are propaganda movies that prepare us for the near future of AI and machines eventually take all our jobs away. And they're trying to get us to like AI, make them seem like they have souls, and pretty soon they will be able to vote and have civil rights. I mean, where this movie was headed was the right right in that direction. A big pity party for machines, which they imply we are biological machines, but until we find our creator, they don't know what instilled consciousness into mankind. <laughs> Lastly, I want to point out once again, in the next 10 to 20 years, robots will be taking all our jobs. <laughs> and what are people to do then? It's why I keep fitting reasons to get us to fight each other, because it won't be long until we realize that too late. And they'll have an army of these things controlled by the few and used on the many. If mankind doesn't begin to work together, then when AI is developed to the point it is getting, we will be easily replaced able. Easily replaced able. Hmm. That's not right. And the majority of mankind will no longer be a necessary nuisance. Anyways, boy, that was propaganda piece. Yeah, man needed to stop writing two tabs ago. That two tabs of acid started ago started at like a three. But cranked up to a twelve so quick at the end. So not into these AI propaganda pieces. So better write a propaganda piece about AI. They're all gonna take our jobs. That's why the kid is to feel sympathetic. Take a note from Red Foreman and take a foot up the ass. That was that was. Get this man a fucking puppers. Gussin brew. Oh God! All right. Well, from there we have Xavier Stone, who I think we've seen a few times. Sounds familiar. I think he's a re- he's a recurring guy. Uh, six. This is now. This is a six out of ten. Keep in mind. Um, great sisules, but the same old AI story rehashed a bit. I'm sure it was supposed to be visuals, but he does fine. I'll give him this. Don't worry about it. All right. The special effects and drone camera work are great, and this film could have been amazing. A poor worn-out storyline about AI and its usual drawbacks are given a slight variant, but it's mostly similar to other movies with the same subject line, and requiring a single actor to carry 90% of the film. Moon with Sam Rockwell did it best, and this tries to match the effort with subpar results. Perhaps we can all agree that this avenue is a wrap and move on to another aspect with AI movies. 11 out of 18 found a helpful. I second Moon as being a great movie. Yeah. Um, Good job. Good luck, Savior. Okay, so I just want to... This is a quick blurby one from Dion Pangalo. Uh, Amazeballs, 10 out of 10, July 12th. Uh, at Amazeballs, exclamation point, and then the review body starts, at just how dumb this is. Yeah, big budget and killer CGI, but no real substance. Two periods in a space. Meh. <laughs> Six out of 26 found that helpful. <laughs> uh, my real one uh, Traveling This World has a review <laughs> it's a 10 out of 10 from July 10th 2020 an incredibly written slash directed first film for Rothery hours later I'm still thinking about this film Catherine Rothery the author of this review <laughs> has created an otherworldly environment that is both ethereal and industrial at the same time I could do ethereal can that even be a thing? But it is. <laughs> That's a parenthetical. The J3 parenthetical. <laughs> the J3 sequence. Uh, another parenthetical here. When you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Is super bad 
hyphen a dollar sign dollar sign oh cool period <laughs> it's the internet you can swear it's indescribable that's its own sentence the cinematography is stunning and the score is gorgeous i think you should switch those switch those adjectives there <laughs> Uh, kudos oh, wow, to Theo geez. James and Stacy Parton for their stellar performances. Without saying too much, the ending will leave you gobsmacked in need of a rewatch. 20 out of 39 found that helpful. I'm glad he got paid to write that by the director. <laughs> I feel like the director is also the author of that review. Let's see if he has any other reviews. Probably goes by a lot of pseudonames. Okay, he's been an IMDb member for two months. He has one review total, and it is of Archive. Huh. That's not suspicious at all. (laughs) Smells something fishy. Uh, One out of ten. Bad copy of Ex Machina by Undoing. Didn't plan to post a review, but reading all these fake ten-star reviews, I decided to do so. This movie is just a wannabe ex machina. Boring script, cheap graphics, men dress as robots, Papa John's. No, I wish he said that, but men dress as robots, etc. I suggest you watch something else. Uh, zero out of zero people found this helpful, but I found it helpful. No one cares. I wouldn't have been surprised if Papa John's was there, because last week we had a plug for Pizza Pipeline Cinnamon Trixie Sticks and oh some zesty, cheesy bread. <laughs> forget about that that's awesome you know pizza pipeline the two-store chain out of fucking oregon <laughs> you know this is an state, untapped yeah. this Washington is an state. untapped oil well of like advertising goodness we could do they just have like pizza hut and papa john's to start reviewing stuff and be like i sat down with my papa john's cheesy bread uh papa pizza pan Papadillas, Papa Jake. John. It's a papadilla. I had a, they folded two slices the, of pizza, like, it's, and they made it a sandwich. It's totally not a calzone. It's different. <laughs> I had the brand new papadilla. I ate it so easily. Bah, 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 bah. And then I had some marinara sauce with a Papa John's. Say Papa John's like twenty six times in a in a review. And barely mention the movie. <laughs> barely mention the movie. Have all your cronies say I found this helpful. Ten star review. It's there. Do it. I don't know. It was uh, effective because after I read that review, I did want to try some pizza pipeline cinnamon Trixie sticks. Mostly because I want I want just a pizza pipeline. Like I want a tube that's just filled with pizza fillings. Yeah, that's the future, It'll, Peter. Great. Forget oh. the forget the Keystone pipeline. Let's build that pizza pipeline from <laughs> yeah, Washington State to New Jersey. Get a tube <laughs> of pizza and just oh. just the. It's just a giant pneumatic tube, like at the bank. You just stick the pizza in it, and it goes boom, across the country. I think that was, I think that's actually the collective project of all the kids at uh, Aid Food Hall. Like some of them, <laughs> that's what you know. You get your uh, Mechie degree, and you're upgrading the pizza matic all the way to a full automated system. All right, let's be honest, Peter. Oh. Peter, none of the Mechies that graduate from Alfred would be capable of such a feat. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> they didn't even know how to Barely. use power tools. Oh, that's so true. Oh, that's so true. All right. Let's let's wrap this up here with uh, Teacher Mark Thailand's review, 4 out of 10. Now, I pre-read this, and um, this, this movie, this review takes a left turn. 
I will give you this now. Okay, I'm ready. Um, so, so strap in. Like, it's, it's, all right. First off, most people are going to figure out the great reveal within half an hour. I guessed it early on and was proved right. You probably will too. This could easily have been a good one-hour episode of Black Mirror, but instead lots of things were crowbarred into the silly corporations are evil, or corporations are bad motif, just to spin it out for that extra hour. Excellent special effects and a pretty decent atmosphere don't make a compelling movie. There have to be some engaging characters, some sense of narrative direction, and a modicum of, modicum of originality, and this is where the movie stumbles. The good-looking chap straight from the cover of GQ is alone in a remote lab, busy putting together a robot to house the consciousness of his dead and equally good-looking wife. Both of these people are annoying and do stupid things. It's like a Hallmark movie set in space. But the biggest sin of all is a filmmaker who thinks that women give a hoot about sci-fi. They do not! So stop trying to win them over with this sappy rubbish and focus on what men want instead. A big and predictable disappointment. That that did that went from uh, a review written by anyone to a review written by Jake in about thirty seconds. Yeah, sixteen out of fifty nine. That was helpful. Just I I saw this. I was browsing. Like I saw that last paragraph. I'm like, oh oh oh. He just went straight. Into Get the these godforsaken women and love stories out of our out of sci-fi. sci-fi. I want I, uh, aliens and robots killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with some man-on-man <laughs> love interest? Like it turned into our favorite like spam account for a second there. Yeah, I mean, like I understand there is a uh, p- broader point to that sort of criticism where like certain types of movies are trying to market to an audience that will never see their movie, but that ain't it, Chief. That wasn't the <laughs> that way to make the argument. <laughs> um. Uh, All right, so that was the number two movie in America, uh, followed by <laughs> Followed, uh, which w- didn't even chart last week, but it's number three this week, down 1.9%, uh, feet, 75 feeters. The Wretched made about 10K in 34 feeders. Becky made 6K in 15 feeders. Oh, that was actually up five from the previous week. Human Capital... Uh, opened in sixth and twelve theaters, four thousand dollars total, three hundred and sixty per theater. The truth, up twenty four point five percent. The two thousand uh, dollars made made one hundred and seventy five per theater. <laughs> Guest artist made a thousand dollars in two theaters, and that was up six point four percent from last week. The last tree. Made seven hundred and eighty-one dollars in sixty-five theaters for a per theater average of twelve dollars. Two people per theater. Would actually that could be one depending upon where that theater is. Yeah. Um, the Painted Bird opened in tenth with four hundred and fifty-two dollars uh, in six theaters. These are some really depressing. Sums. Yeah, these are really. Yes. This is sad. The painted bird has made seven hundred and fifty-four dollars domestic, five hundred and seventy-seven international. 
then again, who who right now during the middle of a pandemic wants to go see a movie about a young Jewish boy somewhere in Eastern Europe seeking refuge during World War II, where he encounters many different characters? Could be Hitler. You know what they really have to fucking do? <laughs> I know I could I can save fucking theaters right now. I do it. All right. Step one: allow allow alcohol. Allow them to bring in alcohol. AMC does already. If you're over 21. Step two: reduce the cost for four walling a building for four walling a theater, uh, and open it up and advertise it. With the with the caveat that you have a small group, no one's gonna four wall and try and bring in a full theater. You can't do that. That's fucked. Um, so just bring it down from like 400 to like like 50, 60, and bring. And bring five five of your friends, whoever your friends, and just like here, play whatever movie you want in this giant ass theater for an hour. Go for it. Rent it, you know, and just rent the space to That's people. Interesting. Yeah. That way, every theater will just will, you can get more more butts and seats. Butts and seats. Butts and seats. Butts and seats. Um, yeah, yeah you I might wish... run into logistical issues with that, oh. but. I wonder what stopped them. It's, I wonder if it was just simply like corporate just shutting everything down or, or what. Um, I don't know if you can actually four wall an AMC or something or anything like that. Uh, for those, I, I guess I should like at least try to explain it as I understand it. Four walling is when you pay for all the tickets in a theater. You just buy out the theater for a showing of whatever movie you want. Okay. And then you get to sell the tickets to recoup the costs. Huh. When um, you said four so wall, basically, if you're making, I was a little confused because three walling is a thing you do in pool when you don't have a legal shot. If you hit three of the bumpers on the wall, uh, it's not a scratch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. remember, remember, in Dolomite is my name, where he won when he wanted to screen the movie, he had to go to the movie theater and like, can I? He paid four hundred dollars to four wall it, and then he sold all the tickets and it sold like fucking gangbusters and he. Right, you know, if you don't have a distribution company, you can do it through like a big Hollywood firm where they're just like, "Here, everybody, take my movie and play it in your theater." Take you got to do take that. Take a bite. Okay. You got a four wallet. All right, and it's not that hard. No. Um, <clears throat> speaking of uh, things that aren't hard, it's not hard to find stories about video games in these uh, pandemic times, as they are the far and away most popular form of media right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a follow-up to a story we read a while ago in which we discussed how 2K had increased the price of its latest NBA game to $70, uh, we have some good news on that front coming from Ubisoft, of all places, that have confirmed their commitment to keeping game costs for next-gen consoles at $60, at least for this fall. That's what he said on its earnings call Wednesday. Um, for the record, Ubisoft will be launching Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Watch Dogs Legion on the PS5 this year, which means that both those games will not cost a penny more than their PS4 equivalents. However, uh, it remains to be seen if that promise will extend beyond this fall into next year but uh at least 
not every game is going to cost you 70 bucks. This week was the Xbox Game Showcase. Lots of news and stories coming out of that. I got fucking hyped for Halo Infinite. Um, but uh, also caused the internet to be like... It caused a schism in the fan base, it seems like. Uh, there's some diehard fans that... Uh, seem like they don't like the graphics as much. They don't like some of the design choices that they made, making it open world. I um, am one of the skeptics about the open shift to open world design. I don't really know that Halo is the type of game to support an open world, and I am very much against doing an open world for the sake of doing an open world. Um, so I'm in, almost hesitant to call it an open world. That's what they're calling it, but like... I think they're just allowing you a little bit more freedom on what you want to do first. The, the only example they gave in the gameplay was that your mission was to destroy three, like, gun batteries. So go to three different locations, blow them up, and you can do that in any order you want instead of a more linear campaign it, of, like, go here, then here, then here. Is it like destroy all humans where they just plop you in a giant level and give you a bunch of fucking objectives? Possibly they didn't really show it one of, in the like, trailer. It's hard. I I can't okay. give a definite answer. That might be one of those games. The, the only thing um, that I I saw, the one thing that we did see was like he he went and he his objective was to destroy those three locations, and uh, you could do the one behind you first. You could do the one in front of you first. It, you know, it, it didn't really matter. It was kind of open. Uh, and and maybe they're saying it's more open world because it was less like. The loading screens, like the you, know, you get to a new area, then you have to load into the new area, and said so they're not going to have that. I, I don't know. I think it's a little Maybe. early to. I yeah, imagine if the developers the themselves are calling it an open world game, they're going to try to make it in the vein of all the other open world games that we've been getting for the past few years. And I, I don't know what that's going to look like for Halo personally. Uh, exactly. I, I, I don't know how it would work. Yeah, I do want to touch on the people talking about the graphics. Uh, the game isn't finished yet, you no. dingus. Yeah. <laughs> These it, aren't it, final <laughs> versions of the graphics. I mean, granted, they have a point when we only have like five months left. Right? What's. I'm guessing it. Well, what is it? Yeah, one, I'll four. I'll speak in there. I'll advocate for them in this case. Just only that, only in that, if they have this Mondo gigantic game studio that all the that AAA development should necessitate. You know, I feel like if you're gonna you're making a AAA game, hopefully you've put that into a big team and you're not nickel and diming everything, guys. Yeah. Please, um, you're gonna have uh, I guess multi-thread, basically multi-thread development here. You know, so it's 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 more useful to think of it that the graphics team has full five months and the game development team also has a full five months. I personally respect Microsoft's choice of showing real game footage rather than faking it with a cinematic like (laughs) anthem where the game wasn't even starting development by the time they showed the E3 trailer. Um, yeah. that, that's a fucking crazy story. 
but uh, I I respect it. I think it's it it's it's a level of transparency that I would like to see more from game studios. Uh, there are a couple other games from this that I I personally am excited about. Uh, the new Fable looks good. I uh, they've gone back from the steampunk setting of Fable Three to the more medieval fantasy uh, setting of the first two games, and it looks very much in the same vein as the original fables the the lionhead studios fables uh forza horizon studio is uh developing this one and it looks good also obsidian showed off a new game avowed it's set in their pillars of eternity universe it is a first person person rpg um that is being described as part Elder Scrolls and part Doctor Strange. I'm a big fan of Obsidian. They've developed a lot of games that I've liked, uh, such as Fallout New Vegas, Knights of the Old Republic 2, South Park Stick of Truth. Uh, They got a solid track record. I haven't played Pillars of Eternity, but I've heard it's good. Um, And they also did The Outer Worlds most most recently, uh, which I also haven't played yet. I've heard mixed things on that, though. Um... So I'm excited for Avowed, and I'm excited for the new Fable game. And that and plus Halo are the big announcements to come out of this. So it looks like the Xbox One X, uh, in contrast to the Xbox One, will have a decent launch lineup of exclusives. Yeah, but also remember, I mean, I think Halo Infinite's uh, getting released on the PC when it gets launched as well. Well, everything um, that Microsoft does yeah. comes to the PC. So, like, so exclusive in air quotes. It, it, but. Okay, yeah, exclusives in air quotes. You can still get on the PC, which which I guess is good. Because at first I was thinking maybe it's just going to be out on the, the PC or out on the Xbox first and then, you know, PC later. And I'm like, ah, I might pick up an Xbox, you know, one or a Series X or something like that. Um, but I'm like, no. <laughs> They're yeah, also so really pushing Game Pass hard. Yeah. Uh, um, so they're going, let's see, what was the story here? Game, game Xbox Game Showcase was the best advertisement for Game Pass yet, as every single game shown, all 22 of them, is launching into Game Pass. So they're really trying to push Game Pass as the Netflix of video games uh, by putting new releases uh like Halo Infinite, Everwild, Hellblade 2, Stay of Decay 3, Fable, and Avowed, as well as notable third-party releases like Stalker 2, Destiny 2, and Destiny 2's Beyond Light expansion, Warhammer 40K Darktide. Um, they already... Let's see. Xbox Game Pass was, was and is incredibly compelling and leagues ahead of anything its competitors offer. But as Xbox Game Studios' newly planned first-party trees start to bear fruit, it's going to lift the platform up with it. Uh, that was the one criticism I had of Xbox Game Pass when I looked into it, because it is pretty reasonable. You can get for like fifty. There's a lower tier that's like five bucks a month, and then there's a the ultimate Xbox Game Pass Ultimate yeah. for like fifteen bucks a month, which is pretty good rates but when i looked at it, number one there weren't a ton of games that i either a hadn't already played or b had a great interest in playing and number two there weren't many new releases which i i thought would be a sticking point because like i did at a certain point you know uh, at least being a pc gamer 
if you like wait a year after release, you can get that new game for like less than the month of Game Pass, which if it's a significantly long game, you're probably going to be playing it for a month and not much else on the Game Pass. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a that's a good move They're yeah. They're really betting on this and I hope it works out in the end. Um, they bet on streaming when Panasonic and uh, Sony were battling out with HD DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, Microsoft bet on streaming and came out ahead of that. So they, they've they've got a good track record for <laughs> predicting the future. Yeah, and there, there's also some, some bonus stuff that you get with the Ultimate Pass. You get uh, stuff you, if you do get the Ultimate, the more expensive one. Um, you get Xbox Live included with it because you can also get uh, for the console and the PC as well. Yes. Uh, so it's a little bit of a bundle. So you're trying to save money with Ultimate if you have both. Uh, and I think right now, yeah, it's like five ninety nine for or four ninety nine for the uh, the normal just console or PC. Yeah. Um, also, uh, on that note, the Xbox Live thing reminded me, Microsoft is no longer selling 12-month subscription passes to Xbox Live. You have to buy it monthly now. Oh. Ooh. Well, that that was nice because you could always like get like kind of a discount if you know you're going to play for a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there's... Yeah, that's, it was that's like 60 bucks a year uh, on paper, but back when I had my Xbox 360... You could go on Amazon, you could find a sale, you could usually end up getting a 12-month subscription to Xbox Live for a little over $30, which was always great. Uh, but now they don't do that anymore, so... <laughs> Fuck me, I guess. Well, not that I pay for <laughs> Xbox Live anymore. Yeah. I, don't like, I don't like paying for permission to use my own internet. <laughs> I like just connecting. Uh, PS4 has been is adding a long overdue feature to the PSN and that feature is uh, two-factor authentication it is for now available only via SMS or text message uh, so it can't be used with any authenticator apps but it is a feature a security feature that surprisingly they did not implement sooner seeing as how famously the PS3 had a hack where the PSN was down for a couple months and uh, everyone got three two three games out of it uh infamous was one of my infamous and little big planet too i think were the two three games i claimed um good times good <laughs> epic game store has two three games up right now uh tacoma a sci-fi narrative adventure from the creators of gone home Set aboard a high-tech space station in the year 2088, explore every detail of how the station's crew lived and worked, finding the clues, and add to a gripping story of trust, fear, and resolve in the face of disaster. Uh, that is normally $20. It was released in 2017, but you can pick it up for free now. And the other one is Next Up Hero. Next Up Hero is a gauntlet-style dungeon claw- crawler starring hand-drawn heroes that hack slash shoot Drum, boomerang, jet, and explode their way through adventures. Choose your hero and or invite a friend to co-op and start rolling dungeons, gearing out, maximizing your stats against the vile monsters known as the Ceaseless Dirge, which is released in 2018, normally retails for 20 bucks, but is currently free on Epic. I might pick, uh, I'll definitely at least pick up uh, Next Up Hero. That sounds like my sort of 
jam. Zelda wacky hacky backy. Yeah. That little dungeon crawling roguelite. Uh, that's all I had for gaming news. I don't have a gaming review. I was actually planning to uh, review Power Rangers Jungle Fury, uh, but I forgot to do that. I can do that briefly here. Uh, it's okay. It's uh, it's not the best season. The Casey, the Red Ranger, has a good character arc. Uh, Daishi is a very interesting villain. But other than RJ, I didn't really give a shit about any of the other characters. Uh, they leaned a little heavily into the more comedic elements in the beginning, which I didn't care for. And uh, it's it's worth a watch. I'd say it's a solid middle-of-the-road season. It's not the worst season of Power Rangers I've ever seen, but uh, I saw a list that had it as, like, number five in their top ten over Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which was number eight on their top ten, and I had to check it out. And having seen it, no, that is incorrect. <laughs> It might be a top 10 season. I'd have to think about it, but it certainly is not number five and certainly is not above Dino Thunder and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And or in and, space. Well, in space or... was number one on their list, of course. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's certainly not. Uh, yeah, on their list, it beat out SPD, Dino Thunder, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and lightspeed rescue wow all good it's a trustworthy list right there i mean everyone to each their own uh he really praised the dynamic between daishi and the red ranger which was the best part of the series but it's only part of the series season so uh could have been better could have been worse so i guess with that we will talk about lighthouse which I have the same general evaluation of could have been better, could have been worse. Just it was weird. Lighthouse, nothing but lighthouse. Uh, I, you know what? I'll, I'll say I'll say what I like about it. Um, the acting from like both Robert Pattinson and William Defoe definitely. Willem Dafoe. Definitely believable. Wow, like really, really solid Willem Dafoe acting. fucking like steals it they, as he's the best crusty salty seaman yeah. i've ever Pattinson, seen yeah for most of the movie doesn't live up to defoe he has a couple good moments oh yeah he's easily out he has by one defoe. good rant i mean defoe just has such a range of like emotions and that might be the reason he, he also because he probably was written a lot differently um because they're two very different characters uh yeah but yeah, just the way that William Defoe can just flip flop between different mentalities and states of mind so fluidly, and and his monologues are fucking amazing. And meanwhile, Rob Pattinson, he does some of the like the, some comedy bits where it's like just. Throw, it's got jokes. Throw. This movie has this movie jokes. does have jokes. It's important. I was, I was, it has, I was, uh, it has the Jason X moment in it. <laughs> Which one? The one where he just fucking <laughs> smashes the seagull against the rock for five minutes. Oh, yeah, I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" I'm like, "Dude, you're ridiculous," and just, uh, just like go throwing out the uh, the, the what I guess is chamber pots. 
bedpans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he throws out the shit-filled chamber pots into the wind and, and he splashes go right back, back at him. I'm like, oh. I was like, oh. But, like, I haven't seen I that, feel that since Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah. God damn. Um, and, 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 yeah, so, but, yeah, William Defoe is by far it. I, I, if there's an if there's an Academy Awards, I, I hope he gets nominated for for this. Well, this was a 2019 yeah. was this release. Um, was it this was, already yeah. nominated for stuff. It was nominated for one Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Um, Understandable, yeah. Oh, and that's because they used authentic. That's kind of a snub, I think, for the period. For best Supporting Actor for Defoe. But here's the thing about oh, this movie: for sure, the acting it? is really good. However, the writing is not good. It's just a string of monologues that Uh allow the actors to really, you know, put their ankles in it. But when Uh you remove the delivery and just analyze what's said in the context of a broader story, this is a very nonsensical tale. Um, There is there is at least in the beginning, there is a plot thread that can be followed. But once the storm comes, any sort of pretense of this being a coherent movie is thrown out the fucking window. <laughs> Which yeah. Jake, how did point. how did your viewing compare? Huh? Because I told you to take an intermission. I, I did not take as an intermission. the storm hits. Uh, okay. I, I I just watched it all the way through. Um, however, I kind of noticed when you. When you uh, where the intermission was kind of where the the transition between the the crazy shit happening and that was pretty much when he started drinking was almost about, about that time uh, mm-hmm. you know that then it gets a little chaotic it gets really really chaotic when the drinking starts and I think that's on purpose um, so I think that may, might be a fault of the movie but I think it was a uh, a purposeful decision to yes. make things a lot more chaotic and kind of like hard to follow. One of the other things I noticed is like the, the state of the house that they're in. Um, it, as they themselves start to devolve mentally and start to go insane, uh, the, the state of the house seems to fall apart as well. I mean, like you see leaks start appearing more often, clutters everywhere. Mm. They're not picking up stuff. So it's like really close. It adds to the claustrophobia. That's already there because of the, uh, the the square framing of the movie, because it was shot with different lenses. Yeah, it and was. I would school. I would say that this is in in one of the in in a strict way, sort of maybe not the traditional use of this term, but I would call this an experimental film in that. The first watching, I don't think any of us have come out with a consistent thesis of what this movie was trying to say. Um, but it's it wiggled its eyebrows at you. It was like, oh, themes, symbolism. Uh, so I call this, I would call this an experimental movie because if you are interested by this movie, uh, I don't think I would go back for a second watching, but I'm sure a fair few people would. And I think the best way to do it is to you craft a theory and then you go back with that theory and you test it as you want. And the movie is the experiment where you you apply your whatever theming or or thesis you've devised for this and you sort of lay it over top and you see how well it matches up. 
like the foghorn the foghorn plays at times and i'm like that's gotta be a thing that's gotta be a something maybe when stuff happens it makes a sound and then sometimes it doesn't i don't know yeah there's a lot of small bits and pieces of this that that can be analyzed to an extent like the foghorn and uh you know whether or not that's that's contributing to the madness uh you know the, the constant like it's not happening all the time but it's like you have that repetitive just what the fuck is up with the lantern months yeah what's up with yeah. the lighthouse like what is that like that was yeah. insane and uh you know the mermaid stuff I, too it's like is that real because it also takes you on these like weird dream sequences and you're like yeah. did that just happen like so yeah that's what? kind of never know i think we should get into spoilers yeah, all right so the general plus uh, i guess the general recommendation is if you if you know you're going in to something that is an art house movie like this is not a movie for general audiences i don't think you're not going to see a marvel movie um this is definitely an art house film festival kind of movie. If you're not into that, you will not enjoy this. Um, I barely enjoyed this and I am kind of, I'm not a super art house guy, but I do watch a lot of, you know, independent films. Uh, I mean, you're a, you're a fan of the classics. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at the poster right behind your face. Um, It's fucking the day the earth stood still. And it's just, it, I I think it went a little too far in too many places. I can see several interpretations of what the messaging of the film was supposed to be, and I understand it. It's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, you're just saying you didn't like it that much because you didn't get it. Like, I get it. At least I'm pretty sure I do. But at the same time, I've seen it done in a more entertaining fashion. I would also throw out there that you didn't like it because you didn't get it is not an invalid excuse for not liking a movie. That's what we call being dense. If a movie is way the fuck out there and it's not making its themes accessible, I'm totally fine in not liking it because I don't want to have to watch it twice to to understand what the fuck's going on. And a movie that's only good for a few select people who are like i'm gonna break down every shot scene by scene pause multiple times so i can think about it write down like several notes and psychoanalyze every single bit about it um a movie that's only good for those amount of people which i think this movie was meant for those kind of people um i don't think necessarily uh more often than not, it's not going to be the, the great movie. The, the better movies have that aspect where you can do that, but also give a little to the general audience to where you can watch and understand and follow along on a plot of a movie and enjoy what happens along the way. I think Forbidden Planet is a good example. Deep, of it should yeah. look it should look effortless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- this didn't have that. This wasn't a, a simple plot that you could follow the story uh, and, and and be happy with the plot. I mean, if you want to break down the plot as like how simple it was, it was, uh, you know, th- this this old sea wiki uh, gets a new assistant and 
It's supposed you know, to be a they four both go week. insane. Yeah, it's supposed to zany adventures yeah. ensue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll talk more about plot uh, when we get to spoilers. Yeah, like I guess that was my most Which like I... spoiler free plot review was uh uh these these two sea wikis get drunk and one goes mad and it's uh but shenanigans ensue. But do we know? Um yeah, let's get into All it. Right. So this is the lighthouse. The the general plot thread that uh, it's pretty clear in the beginning. So Robert Pattinson is a new hire for this lighthouse. He's going to be the wiki assistant to Willem Dafoe's character, and it's supposed to only be a four week tour. Um, immediately some oddities are happening. Willem Dafoe has been at this lighthouse for God knows how long. Um, so he comes into this already. Maybe a couple screws loose upstairs. Yeah. Um, he shows a blatant disregard for the regulations uh, and their manual, which uh, Pattinson's character references uh, continually. So it's supposed to be only a four-week tour. The first oddity he notices is there's a hole in his bedroll when it gets rolled out, and it has a limestone carving of a mermaid in there, which he masturbates to furiously several times in the movie. Um... The scrimshaw trinket. And uh, so, like I said, it's only supposed to be a four-week tour, but the day before he's set to be relieved, a massive storm blows through, and they are stranded. And they, Mm -hmm. he turns to drinking, and they run out of liquor, so they have to make more booze out of turpentine and honey. Yeah, I don't know. Turpentine and kerosene. I thought I saw two. Maybe it was kerosene. The the reviews were saying kerosene, but I thought I saw turpentine. I I saw turpentine. Right, that's the bottle. But kerosene is a thick kerosene. uh, Kerosene is um, it can be a thick uh, oil. Oh, fairly sure, like a torchlight sort of deal. Yeah, and they were adding honey to it (laughs) to make it a little bit sweeter. A little more palatable. These guys are dedicated to getting drunk. And just, yeah. I it, although this feels like weirdly nostalgic for me, all of the tones of this because a lot one of the soundtracks of my youth was Great Big C, which was a Newfoundland folk band playing all the 1800s logger shanties. Hmm. So like seeing a the the lighthouse keeper <laughs> and the and the timberman in the in this fucking like old cottage house which reminded me a lot of in some ways reminds me of my own house take that what you will also this is um it's been mentioned it's loosely like really loosely uh based off of a a old uh actual event that happened uh, yeah. it's also uh, loosely based on the tale of Prometheus. It was also yeah. loosely, loosely based on uh, Edgar Allan Poe's short story, The Lighthouse. Uh, most of the Poe themes were removed in the final version, but there are a couple of homages in there. Uh, a lot of phallic imagery in there. There's uh, definitely yeah. some harped yeah. on homoeroticism uh, yep. throughout the, the movie. The lighthouse itself is supposed to, I think, actually when it was described in the movie or something like that, uh, or described by uh, Robert Eggers, uh, it's that the, the lighthouse was supposed to be a phallic reference or 
yeah. have some phallic imagery to it. I read that at one point they wanted to intersperse shots of the lighthouse and Robert Pattinson's actual erect penis as he was masturbating. Uh, uh, but the funders of the movie said, please don't do that. Yeah. Like, we I'm get it, really guys. We get it when they fucking fight and then hug. Yeah, so they're at... And they're, they're drunk and they're like, dancing not together as on the floor. they drink they're still throughout the movie they're very adversarial to each other uh willem mm-hmm. dafoe wants to like break down robert pattinson and uh even as they open up to each other through alcohol and they they share their moments of levity together there's always this very adversarial undertone to it and that comes to a boiling point when uh, their grips on reality become increasingly tenuous, and Robert Pattinson's character, who spends half the movie under the assumed name of Ephraim Winslow, before revealing his name to actually be Thomas Howard, because um, similar to the, they decided the to throw old, that in there. <laughs> similar to the old sea uh, wikis, the the old guy's uh, uh, mm-hmm. William Defoe's name, whose his character's name is Thomas Wake. Um, and I believe that was, I thought that was weird at first, and then I guess it kind of made sense if you look at it from the uh, Proteus uh, point of view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and all that jazz. My theory, my not this isn't like my legitimate interpretation of the movie, but this is just what I came up with when I was like really bored <laughs> watching this movie. Is that <laughs> this is the lighthouse's purgatory? Robert Pattinson's character is dead. Uh, he died in the same accident as the ori- real Ephraim Winslow, and the lighthouse is his purgatory. And um, Willem Dafoe's character is like one of Poseidon's familiars or something like that, as he several times during his rants evokes Poseidon and uh predicts the future with startling accuracy he dooms his character to a promethean fate where he's pecked at by crows or gulls for the uh those presumably the all eternity pecked at by many amy schumers so i i think that all the tasks and chores he was supposed to do were works to evaluate his character Um, And he was to resist the temptations of the alcohol and all that so that he may pass on to heaven. But he fails and uh, murders ostensibly Willem Dafoe's character in the end uh, after the negative evaluation, which was his sentencing to hell. Uh, So his torment is to be pecked at by goals for all of eternity. But why was he a dog at the end? Because... Why was he farting the whole time? Because this movie is um, what you want it to be. It's so yeah, that that's a good that's a good interpretation. Uh, I, was, I like yeah, that. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it gets a little. More... I, I you mentioned in there his curse, and that curse lasts like a full minute 
of just Willem Dafoe just like, By God and Triton's beard, I summon you to the briny depths of the sea where you will be swallowed up and every single part of you will be destroyed and you'll become nothing more than the sea itself. And he just, he just fucking keeps yeah. going. And I'm like, yes, go, go. Ruin this man's day. Cancel this man on Twitter. He ejaculates this curse all and over Robert Pattinson. And then after he's done, he's Robert Pattinson just like, Okay, fine. Your cooking's all right. Because <laughs> what brought that on is him saying he doesn't like his lobster. You know, you're fond of me lobster. So one of the one of the interesting uh, when I was listening to some breakdowns uh, of this movie and they got into like a lot of the subconscious and unconscious part of it was there was a big strife between masculinity and uh, dealing with their feminine side uh, and, and mainly in Robert Pattinson. Um, and you see Robert Pattinson's character, uh, Thomas Howard, struggling with his feminine side uh, in terms of like uh, struggling to masturbate, um, as well as not wanting to like wash the floors, do more of the 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 more feminine uh, like housewife duties. He even says, "I'm not here to be your housewife." Uh, so he has a problem with that. He has a problem with like being called a lad and and not being called as you know, seen as a man. Um, but in that scene before that monologue, one of the things I noticed was like William Defoe is like sort of acting like Robert Pattinson's wife, as if he's like this drunkard saying your cooking sucks, and William Defoe gets super defensive. He's like, No, you like my cooking, right? And his tone changes. You want me well. to you want me to just inject yeah. some hot uh, Freudian psychology in here. So Willem Dafoe farts a lot, and Robert Pattinson has to deal with Willem Dafoe's poop a lot. All right, you know where the term anal retentive comes yes. from? It comes from the Freudian stage of development before man is fully developed into a man. So Willem Dafoe, with all of his butt stuff, is not enough. He's not. He hasn't. He's he's playing to his inner his inner like uh, whatever his you know the mother mm-hmm. thing all all that Freudian like BS. Yeah. And then it gets Whoa. into some Carl Jung stuff where I think maybe Thomas Wake was a little bit more, uh, I guess, comfortable with his feminine side, and he could he could let that emotion out and say, uh, you know, I I why don't you like my cooking? Like you like my lobster, right? And he's like, he just wants that gratification, uh, which maybe isn't seen as much in more of the masculine uh, sense, the, the you know, traditional manly man. You don't, uh, you don't care what people. I'm think. reading an uh, interesting take that. Uh, uh, so, because I know, I know the anima and the animus are, are a constant thing that is brought up in this, in the whole Carl Jung's mm-hmm. theory of this movie. Uh, because that's basically what this entire fucking movie is based off of. Yeah. Was, was Carl Young. Interesting. Uh, I'm reading an interesting take here that uh, uh, Robert Pattinson's character has an, an Oedipus complex towards Willem Dafoe's character. I don't necessarily agree with that take, <laughs> but... Uh... Well, he's, he's choking, and then he chokes Willem, and then turns into a mermaid, and he turns back into Willem, who's also a mermaid... And, and then a giant tentacle comes from behind. It's like, blah, 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 blah. it's like fucking him in the butt. Well, people were thinking like, remember that part where where uh, Thomas Wiggs jizz like tripped down right in front <laughs> yes. of uh, 
his face. He's like, oh, oh God. As he's masturbating. Is he, fuck, is he fucking an octopus in, up in the lighthouse? In front of the, uh, yeah. the lantern, which... I actually think the lantern was just so The lantern's some so sort of symbol, but I, I could not for the life of me figure out what it's meant to symbolize. Well, if you go by the Prometheus, then it's the Promethean fire. Yeah. Um, it's also, he talks about St. Elmo's fire. Which yeah, um, St. Elmo? I didn't which is, that so St. Elmo's fire is a phenomenon out at sea where it seems like there is a green fire oh. uh, on the water, and I it's a weather phenomenon or something like that. But sailors believe that if you saw it, it would bring you to your doom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the Flying Dutchman in SpongeBob is green because oh. of St. Elmo's the, fire. Yeah, what, like but that. whenever someone says St. Elmo's fire, all I can think of is that song. Yeah, um, so it's a it's a big whole fucking nautical thing with a lot of a lot of, a lot of symbology in there, and I I like that scene just without stripped of like it, it's very like of course it's like what is this use your brain figure it out but like I didn't watch it so I just watched him as he like grabs it he's like yeah he fucking and the starts fucking to sound just like yeah the sound gets all distorted and his like face melts negative, like he just opened the ark of the covenant. <laughs> Yeah, there was some there was some cool uh, picture tricks with that last one. I think I think they turned him negative actually, at one point, and I was like, "Holy shit, what the fuck is happening?" <laughs> it was quite and the he climax. Just, he just drops. He's just like, "Oh, trip," <laughs> and then comically stumbles down the stairs, and uh, and gets. I mean, the last few, the last minute of that movie is how I feel after. Yeah. You know, yeah. you go. You hit the climax, and then you wake up, and you're like, "What the fuck did I just yeah, do?" Yeah, just on a rock, just getting pecked at by, by gulls, by seabirds. Bad luck to kill a seabird. And what you're saying is, Robert, the the character hates his peckers. Yes. I guess, sure. His pecker, the peckers is the Boy, ultimate antagonist yeah. of this movie. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, again with the with the Prometheus symbology there at the end, uh, you know, Robert Pattinson's character Thomas Howard. Went up. He he stole the the flame of the gods per se, uh, and you know that's what Prometheus did. He stole the flame of the gods and he gave it to humanity to spark intelligence into flame humanity. Of Olympus. And then he was punished by uh, by Zeus by putting him onto a rock, chaining him to a rock, and having an eagle come out and. Uh, Different translations: eat his liver or just eat his organs the, every day. Also, the bird changes depending upon the version of the story. So that's no, an eagle. A, yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's I'm a vulture. Um, yeah. Now wait, who, what? What was the um? What was that other uh, tale of the two people who go into the underworld and someone's like the lovers who go down the underworld to rescue? That's another. It's another Hercules? Greek myth. No. No. <laughs> No. Um, What's her name? Meg. Demeter. Megara? So. Oh no, Demeter and oh, um, the oh, other, Demeter the other and, guy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was like a like a beauty, and then she got trapped in the underworld as like Hades' wife. That's. And then they came to a fucking ancient Greek mystical custody yeah. agreement, <laughs> and that's why we have winter. Um, 
But you know who I'm talking about, that guy. That's where I thought the, the chain to the rocks of the guts eating out came from, but I guess it yeah, was yeah. Prometheus. Yeah, Prometheus, so Prometheus uh, got chained to the rocks, just like how we see at the end of the movie. Um, Robert Pattinson is kind of just splayed out on this rock, getting pecked at by uh, seagulls, and they're, they're, I guess, eating his organs and eyeball and whatnot. It's, it's pretty grotesque. Uh, there at the end, yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of just yeah, so. Greek symbology here. Uh, a lot of old time sailor stuff as well with a with, big uh, old shark you vagina, seabird curse, huh? Yeah, there's this. I hated the X-ray, the the X, because we watched this on Amazon Prime, and the fucking sidebar when I went over to pause it or like take a take a second or something, it showed fucking spoilers from the like later in the movie. Oh, I'm like, really? what the oh, fuck? Yeah, because yeah, I I hovered over and it's like the design of the the mermaid labia was based on shark uh, shark pussy. Yeah. God, what the fuck? I haven't even got... He's still on the... The Stormy hasn't even hit yet. Yeah, come on. He's painting... He's he's painting the fucking shaft. He's cleaning Willem Dafoe's shaft. I like how they do the vertical... Or the, like, fucking Hitchcock vertigo pushing on the the mermaid vagina, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, like, really sell it to you. The fucking wildest dream sequence was the one where he runs out and Willem Dafoe's like there. He's just like staring at him naked with the fucking X-Men yeah. high oh, beams yeah. going right into his so, face. I was like, Because uh, I, I know everything there is about this movie apparently now. Um, that was also taken from a medieval painting where this demonic uh, symbol is, is doing the same thing to somebody else. Um, yes, it's Hypnosis and, by uh, Sasha Schneider. Yes, yes, Hypnosis. Uh I see. So I, I don't I don't really know what that means. There, there's something. The hypnosis was something about bringing out the unconscious mind. It's um, it's art. It's letting, whatever you interpret yeah. it to be. Just like just question. like this movie. Mm-hmm. Just like this fucking movie. Honestly, it's like yeah. This is you can interpret it yeah. however you want it to be. Uh, I mean, there's a right answer, obviously, because there's somebody who made it. Uh, but you can definitely extract different things from it. So funny story. This is actually that was the second art house film I had I had been exposed to on that day, uh, as I had watched Wheel of the Worst prior and saw the Turtle Dreams. <laughs> oh, Turtle <laughs> and, Dreams! Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a little too much art house for one day for me. So by the end of this, <laughs> I'm like, "Fuck this bullshit." Poseidon ass motherfucker. I just want to like watch a movie. Like I, I just want to go watch like some cartoons so I can turn my brain off. <laughs> Makes you want to watch fucking a Triple Frontier. Yeah. Makes you want to watch Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching Rogue. I hope you all oh, are prepared so, for that. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. Um, yeah, I would say if you if you don't want to try and dissect this movie, I should we, we should we should have put this in the before time. <laughs> I would say that um, watch watch Willem Dafoe's rant and then watch Robert Pattinson's rant because they both get really good monologues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson is fucking his teardown is the best. You smell like used foreskin. <laughs> you smell like jism. The yeah. I like I like some of the insults. Are you dullard? Yeah, dullard. <laughs> There are some really funny, there are some really entertaining moments. Not just funny, but like just entertaining bits that they do. 
that I, I really like. You've never been uh, in better hands, and I just fucking drops. You spilled your beans. Why spilled, just spill why your beans? Why just spill you, your beans? You can't I'm, stop will, the smooth. I think I will quote this movie. Um, you spilled your beans. Yeah. What? 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 They just get so angry. What? 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 I was like, what's happening I was... I feel like, Kurt, I feel like we've had... That was the moment when we were playing Commander that one time. And we were just at the end of our ropes. Yeah, it was a famous... One of the most famous games of Commander in Alfred Magic history. Peter had his Archaeomancer evacuation lock in. And I was playing my... Team or Splinter Twin deck, and I had uh, Disciple of the Ring, and I just like hucked my entire graveyard at strategic moments to break through this lock for enough damage to eventually win. And it's just this game went for hours, and by the end of it, we just hated each other, and then we had to go record the podcast. <laughs> so I said, Fuck this! Let's get some food. I think we we did break for dinner yeah. before that because we could not have recorded <laughs> on that on that night. Hark! Okay, I think I found the best thing ever is lighthouse memes because there's definitely some spicy memes that can come from this. Yeah, and it's a square aspect yes. ratio, so it fits so nicely with the text. Yeah. So I, I, I oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's this is definitely it's a movie. It's a very artsy movie. Uh, great acting, good great cinematography. I didn't necessarily agree with all the artistic choices they made with the cinematography, but it looked very nice. Um, mm-hmm. Writing. There's some good monologues, but like the connective tissue is uh, a little flimsy. And it's yeah. it's laden with so much. It tries to be so laden with symbology that it becomes very difficult to interpret the symbolism of anything that happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like you, you you watch one part and you're just like, all right, where's the next symbol? Like you're constantly searching for that instead of like just kind of absorbing what's happening. Yes. Um, it and I think. I don't like these type of movies where it kind of needs a second watch, but I would almost say that this might need a second watch to just like pick different things. Um, Cause I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that i miss of just small little symbolism. Yeah. stuff. it's also a little too long. I think two, yeah, hours. About two hours when, when you kill the, the whatever semblance of an arc you have after the first hour. Yeah. I looked at that cause I was like, I, I'm like, all right, that sounds like everything's yeah. wrapping up here. Let me check the time. And there's an hour left I had, in this I had movie. The same reaction. <laughs> They're like, okay, you're being relieved. Relief's coming. And then, uh, fucking, there's 50 more minutes left. And I'll just, like, excuse you. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm spent. Let's, I'm falling down the lighthouse. Bury this like they buried. Uh, William Defoe. Oh yeah, as he's doing like some poetry, which I'm sure is very fucking like an, a classic poem that means a lot and has a lot of symbolism in At it. At that but, point, I'm just man. Done. He's, he did a great job. They're just throwing dirt yeah. in his face. All right, All so right. yeah, Lighthouse. Um, 
if you are an outhouse guy, definitely we'll be in your wheelhouse. If you are not, I would say skip it. Watch it for the memes. <laughs> um, I'd say watch a meme compilation on YouTube rather than spend two hours trying to plow through the fucking symbolism in this movie. Uh, but yeah, that that's The Lighthouse. We'll uh, be back next week with a review of something that won't be so artsy. <laughs> so artsy fartsy. Until uh, then, uh, check out our Twitch stream tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be back on Borderlands 3 uh, running for that DLC. Uh, patch, big patch hit yesterday for Borderlands 3. They made adjustments to a lot of things and have promised some stability fixes. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll uh, see. But yeah, we should be should be back on there for a good time. Uh, check out Zadonsons.com for our YouTube channel and all the other stuff. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.